girl, welcome back to the Church Girl Show. I'm your host, Jasmine Ford. And I told you guys in my opener, the intro for this new show, in this podcast, I told you guys I'm going to have people come on and share their stories and talk about their journey and their walk in college and post-college and their journey of becoming a church girl, you know? And so I figured, why not start with my own story? Um, I think in past episodes, I gave bits and pieces, but I never made the whole story come full circle, and I've never really made it make sense. So I'm going to walk this thing out to talk about, first, why church girls? Why am I doing church girls? What's the vision for church girls? And then two, just for you guys to get to know me a little bit better, and hopefully my story can help you guys, okay? So this might be one of the little longer episodes, just, you know, FYI, I guess you can see in the timer. But anyway, um, so just to tell you a little bit about myself and where I get started, just real quick. I grew up in a Christian household with my parents. Um, They taught me to have a relationship with God. Um, I'm just thankful they never taught me religion. They were never like those hypocrite Christians. So I never had a bad taste in my mouth about Christianity, about God, about church. They always made sure we were in a good church. Um, Growing up, my mom always had different sermons playing of faith-based teachers. I couldn't stand that and how much we were at church sometimes. Um, But I'm happy she did that because years later, I didn't even recognize how much the word was in me because she just had it playing constantly. So that's how I grew up. Um, Just my parents were always real about it, real about God. They never try to fake the funk. So I'm thankful for that. As I got older and, you know, in high school, when it starts to get a little, it's exciting, but nerve wracking because I'm about to, you're about to go into a new season, a new life. You're going to college. You're excited. Oh, I'm going to college by this hand. It's scary. And for me, I've always been very inquisitive. I wasn't like a normal kid or even teenager. I was sometimes a little too serious. Um, I sometimes can be still. And um, my mind's just always going. And so one thing I knew was, one, I wanted to go to college, but also my household, we had to go to college. And so my thing was, I don't want to just go to college and spend all this time and money for no reason. I know that I have to be here for a purpose. Um, I grew up in a church where they told us there's greatness on the inside of you. So I'm like, okay, well, what is that greatness? You know what I mean? And so I decided, okay, I see my parents praying and believing and we go to church all these years. It's time for me to kind of tap into that for myself And I just did what I needed to do. I kind of didn't tell anyone, but I was just like, God, I need you to talk to me. I need you to speak to me and tell me, what am I going to school for? Um, What did you put me on this earth to do? So I just tried to read my Bible, pay more attention to church and take more notes and pray a little bit more and um, went through that journey. And as I was doing that, I was continuing to do that process of, you know, searching schools, researching majors, researching schools, the pros, the cons, you know, that whole process. And so one day I was sitting at home by myself on the couch in my parents' um, house, and I heard God speak to me. This is the first time I can really remember God speaking to me so vivid, like so clearly. And he said, go to Delaware State University, which is where I attended. And that was one of the schools I was narrowing down to. Go to Delaware State University, major in mass communications, learn everything that you need to learn. And when you graduate, I will give you, you will never have to compete for a job. I'll give you your own lane. So I'm like, hype. So I'm ready. I go to school and that's what I do. I majored in it and I went to Dell State. Great things was happening. I joined the newspaper. I joined just different things. I would develop my speaking with Toastmasters. I did a TV show, a sports show. I hosted a sports show. 
which is so funny now I think about it. But um, joined the newspaper staff, became one of the paid editors, um, went to conferences where the school paid for me. So it was really good. It got to a really good start hitting the ground running. And then along the way, which happens to a lot of people, and that's why I'm making this because I'm hoping it don't happen to you so hard, is I got distracted. I went to school very, um, I was pretty innocent in a sense. Um, So slowly but surely, I got dragged into the college lifestyle that I was at first trying to avoid. I used to just spend time with my friends. And over time, I um, started dealing with this guy and this guy. And then um, start to slowly go to little kickbacks. I went to the campus parties, not really off campus with upperclassmen. But by the end of that first semester, I met this guy. And hopefully y'all don't ever meet this guy. But some of y'all already have. And he just seemed perfect. And so he was a little older than me. And we start talking and I fell hard. I fell fast. And that relationship, um, we got together, developed at first. He seemed so perfect. Um, and I just got distracted. And I started to party more. And I started to drink. And um, I started to, it was fun. At first, I thought it was fun. But I didn't know that it was going to come crashing eventually. And slowly but surely, it became a once in a while thing to very, a lot more often. And it became Um, me liking him to me being a little more attached and it was became unhealthy and it became toxic Um, by the time sophomore year came I was in it I remember being sophomore year was really bad we were like on again off again it became very toxic very controlling not good for me and I never experienced something like this I didn't even know stuff like this existed and so that fall semester of my sophomore year I was that friend, um, if you guys have a friend or if you are that friend, I was that friend who was always having problems with their boyfriend. And when the weekend came, I wouldn't go out. Instead, I'd be in my room sad or something. And, you know, at the time, I think I just didn't want my bad mood to get on everybody else. But I just didn't know that was making everybody else in a not good mood because I'm not going. And so that's how it was. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm in this thing too deep and I know I need to leave the relationship, but I couldn't. And so the year kept progressing and I didn't know how to really deal with it. And so at one point, I remember I started going out and partying a lot and drinking a lot, like drinking too much, like to the point where the next day I would have guys texting me saying I give them my number and I don't, I didn't remember. And I'm just being totally honest right now because sometimes that happens and it may not be drinking for everybody, but sometimes it's something Um in these situations and it was just bad so it was just sophomore year sucked it sucked we were just that not so good couple and so I got tired of feeling weak I got tired of feeling like I was just helpless like I needed him like he if a snap of the fingers if he wanted this to happen this was gonna happen I got tired of being that girl so come junior year now I think I'm cute I had a little mini glow up and I was just on my, like, I don't care no more. I, I didn't care. I was almost on my, like, my hot girl summer, like everybody on their hot girl summer stuff right now. I was on my hot girl stuff when I came to um, junior year. And I was in really good shape. I had a, a trainer because I was doing a pageant that semester. So I was in really good shape, eating good. I had a little job. I was, um, my grades were good. Um, 
you know, I was cute, you know, had some new bundles that semester, you know, got a few new clothes because I knew new little jobs. So I thought it was cute. And I was like, I don't care no more. I'm not going to be that weak girl. Although I didn't leave the relationship and stop doing the different things that was making me feel bad. I just put on this like I hardened my heart and put on this hard facade like I don't care. And I became cold. And so the stuff that he used to do to make me feel how I felt, I it didn't phase me no more. I'd be like, I don't care. So instead of being that friend when we get in an argument where it's like, oh, I'm in my dorm crying or I'm in my dorm not going out, I would just block him. <laughs> it's not good, y'all. Don't do that. But I would just block him. I would block him and I would go out. I would block him and hang out with other guys. I would just block him. And that's how it would be. Like, it, I didn't care no more. And so I was just having a good time. Me and my sister, shoot, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we was out. Um, we was somewhere at my kickback or something, drinking with some, you know, guys know how it goes in college. Like, you know, some of you guys know, if you don't know, stay that way. But sometimes how I go in college is, you know, guys like to, you know, they like to impress different girls and this, that, and third. So we have guys who they want to impress and they use their little bit of money to get us uh bottles, whatever. And so I was just in an atmosphere over the years that I wasn't used to being in. For some people, it's not a big deal. But like I said, I came from a Christian household of really what people consider wholesome household. I was, um, you know, that friend in a group that everybody knew they would consider me like spoiled with mommy and daddy and a good household. And, you know, they know that I go to church. Like I was exposed to a lot of things because like my friend group was very unique. You usually hang out with people who's like you all of us were very, very different and very different where I might be the, you know, suburban girl, mommy, daddy, where another friend was a little hood and this friend was a little this, and this friend a little that. So it was like a melting pot. And so because of that, I was exposed to things and in places that I wasn't used to with my background. My, I had friends who smoked a lot. They smoked a lot of weed. And I'm not saying that in a judging way, but they did. I didn't smoke, but they smoked a lot of weed. So we were like like that. We were with guys who would sit there and get them stuff and we'd be chilling with them while they smoking or they get bottles for us. So they would do this and do that. It'd be different places moving like that. Um, and so for me, college on one hand was a lot of fun. I had fun with my friends. That's the part I enjoyed the most, being with my friends, having girls day, doing our hair and nails. Um, getting ready to go out, watching Real Housewives on the weekend. But on the other hand, it was a lot of drama, a lot of friends coming and leaving the group, best friends no longer becoming almost seeming like em enemies and um, a lot of heartbreak and our boyfriends and cheating and breaking up and sneaking this guy in and this and that and public fights and crazy stuff what happened over the years and sometimes left us heartbroken. And because we don't have really the words to communicate that to each other, only thing we could do was just stick with each other and just keep doing what we was doing. So I just kept going out. I kept drinking. They kept smoking. We kept doing our thing, whatever it was, instead of dealing with the real problem because we just didn't know how. And that's the thing about colleges. On one hand, people can relate to you. Everybody around you going through something similar, but Sometimes no one really knows how to have the answer. And that's why it's important to get around people who do. I don't regret anything, but no one knew how to pull somebody else up. The only thing we could say is like, let's keep going, girl. Like, you know, that's it. 
And so that's what my college life looked like. And it's only a matter of time you can keep that facade. And like I said, the biggest downfall for me, the biggest distraction for me was my relationship. I The drinking wasn't even that big of a thing, even though I drank a lot. If I wanted to stop, I stopped. You know, that didn't have a hold on me. The party didn't have a hold on me. Different stuff didn't have a hold. It was my relationship. That was my like kryptonite. And so I, like I said, I created that barrier of I don't care. You know, I'm sitting here and, you know, instead of, like I said, instead of being in my room, I would sit there and be with him, um, block him instead. So he won't blow up my phone. So he won't ruin my night. And so I would block him on my phone, tell my friends, because he would try to blow up on my friends' phones. And I'm not trying to bash nothing, but I'm just giving y'all a vivid image of what this really looked like and tell and oops, and tell them, don't answer if he called. And instead, when I blocked him, okay, I'm going down the street to this other guy house and he don't know who house I'm at. And it would just cause all these problems. The same guy who I was sitting here, like, that's the type of stuff. Instead of me crying about what he's doing, instead I was doing my own thing, which isn't good. Because that breaks you too. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm going to become hard or whatever and not care. And I'm going to have guys too on the side. And I'm going to sit here and not let you know where I'm at and tell you it's not, you know, I'm not talking to him or put his name in my phone under one of my friend's names or something. So you wouldn't know. And I was just doing stuff like that, being on my hot girl, you know, my hot girl. It wasn't summer, fall. I don't know. But that's what I was on. And so, and then, you know, it will blow up, parents get involved. It was just a mess and, you know, whatever. So, um, it comes to a certain point. Some people are used to that background. Some people are used to being in environments where they're used to being around smoking and drinking and toxic relationships. Once again, I've never been around that. So it's only so long until it breaks me. And it started to break me. It did. And so um, that semester, that fall semester, I remember I would um, went to homecoming and I always vowed I'd go to the gospel concert because it was free. And I figured if I pay to go to all the other stuff, I can go to the gospel concert. So my sister and I went to the gospel concert. And, um, you know, at this point in my life, like I said, I I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't not. I didn't believe in him. I believed in him. And when I was home, I'd go to church and I believed in God. But I wasn't really praying. I wasn't thinking about it. And I totally forgot what he promised me. And I just felt like I was just living with no like purposeless. I was just living. And um, I went to the gospel concert. We just like threw something on raggedy like hoodies uggs tights baseball cap from because we were partying the night before and we got there it was a mess and I didn't want to be there and they had you know sometimes church people can do the most like they had all these acts before the main act and I didn't know who the main act was like the main guest like celebrity gospel artist I his name sound familiar but I didn't know who it was and so I was just waiting for him to come out but it was like a church mess and it's crazy because you're around all these church people who are supposed to be representatives of God and they're looking at us judging us like because maybe we smelled like alcohol from the night before or we didn't look the part for them. And I just wanted to go and they almost made us feel like shamed in our own. This is our college campus because people from the outside would come to the gospel concert. Only thing that kept me in that seat was the Lord. And so finally, the main guy came out. And so he came out with the microphone and guitar and that was it. And the first thing he says was, y'all going, y'all not going to do all this running around and shouting. Y'all going to sit here and listen. So that got my attention because anybody know me, I'm kind of like a straight shooter. I'm kind of like a, 
Like, give it to me straight. I don't need all that extra fluff. So if you talking straight like that, you're getting my attention. So I'm like, oh, who's this? And he said his name was Jonathan McReynolds. And I don't know if you guys know him. He's a gospel artist. Follow him. He has a beautiful, beautiful voice. I really like him. And he just sang. He just told it. He went through his album and told us the stories behind writing the songs and where he was at in life and then sang the song. And a lot of the songs he wrote, he was in college and he was talking about how he was far from God or he was struggling with this, struggling with that. And he was singing the song and it just for the first time felt like I was in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, it makes you locate yourself like, whoa, I'm further out than I thought I was. But at the same time, it's like God saying it's okay. And that's what happened. I um, I listened to him. And when I went home, I downloaded his whole album. And I just sat late in the bed and cried and just cried because he just said everything that I didn't even know I wanted to say. And there was this one song in particular he sang called Coming Out. And it's not my favorite song, like the way it sounds, but the words. And what he says is, excuse my voice, y'all. But the song goes, um, I'm, I'm coming out. It wasn't meant for me to stay here long and be content with living wrong. No, I'm coming out. God will get the glory out my life. I'll get it right this time. I'm coming out. And then later on, he says, um, I'm coming out of fear. I'm coming out of depression. I'm coming out of fear. Then he says, and then I'm going to love, to joy, to peace, all these things. And I would sing that song like every day. It was like my heart's cry because I didn't know what to say to God anymore. And that song was just me pleading. At first it was like, okay, I relate to this guy. But it became to like, it became, this is what my heart wants to say to God. This is what I want to say to God, but I don't know the words to say. So I would just sing that song all the time. And so um, Christmas break came. And I was sitting in the exact same spot God had spoke to me um, when God spoke to me years before, before I went to college. And at the clear blue, he says, it's time for you to get serious. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, God, like, that's you. I ain't heard from you in a minute. And where he really haven't heard from me. But and uh, he said, yeah, it's time for you to get serious. Um, he said, don't you remember the promise that I made you? And I'm like, no, what, what are you talking about? Because I completely forgot. I was so consumed in what my life, the college life was. I forgot why I was even in college, what he told me to do. And so he says, um, you don't remember? I told you to go to school, major in mass comm, learn everything you need to learn. And when you graduate, I'll give you your own lane. You won't have to compete for a job. You don't remember? I'm like, oh, I forgot. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, you know, I learned all these things. Like, what's up? He's like, you know, you need to prepare for after school. You're graduating in a year and a half. So I'm like, what's up? Like what we do? I learned how to do all these things. I'm like, am I going to be a writer? Am I going to be an editor? Am I going to speak? Am I going to hold events? Like, what am I going to do? I'm like, let's do it. And he said, you're going to do all of it. So I'm like, whoa, okay. So what's this thing you got? I'm thinking he's going, I'm like, what are we going to do? How do we start? I'm thinking he's going to tell me to start something, do this, do that. And the first thing he tells me is to break up with my boyfriend. Y'all, y'all, I was sitting here like, yo, he, he's tripping. Like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, breaking with my boyfriend, what the heck does that have to do with anything that we're talking about? He has nothing to do with what I'm doing after school. And he said, you need to break up with him. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. 
I'll do anything, but him, no, I tried it before. I tried to walk away and I can't, you know, the thought of the pain that would come with us breaking up, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach it. You know, the thought of, I was so attached the thought of me, us breaking up and one day running into him somewhere and not knowing him crushed me. And I'm like, I can't, I couldn't handle the idea of me not being with him. And not to mention, not to mention, I don't know what his reaction going to be. And he would show out sometime. And I'm like, I don't got the time for him to show out. We've been in a good place for the last few months. I'm grown. Me, you know, me kind of toughening up and acting like I don't care no more. That kind of got his attention. So he straightened out. So we good. Like we've been good through the last few months. I don't need to do that. And so I said, no. And so, you know, Lord left me alone. First week of the new spring semester came and three conversations came up with him where me and him, where the Lord was like, break up, like, just tell him it's time to break up the conversation. Like it was like laid out and I never did. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. And um, that weekend, all hell broke loose, really. I mean, it was bad. We got almost of those little public fights again. Nothing new, but this one was just like different. And I don't even know what, we, what the fight was about, but it was just really bad. Like public, like bad, embarrassing. Like I was embarrassed that time. And uh, we broke up. It was sad. It was tears. It was, uh, but in the middle of the night when everybody else was gone, friends gone, we um apologized and we talked and we decided like, yes, it's time for us to go our separate ways. We're going in two different directions in life. And um that was fine. And so I walked, we, we said, okay. And I said, okay, God, we're done this time. And um, the pain that I was so afraid of feeling, I didn't feel it. It's like God put this bubble around me where I didn't feel it, what I should have felt. And from there on that semester, I conveniently had two classes a week. I mean, two had classes only two days out the week. So I would spend those days I didn't have class with God and I was really just kind of by myself. And it wasn't the easiest thing because me and my ex, me and my ex lived in the same building. I was on the fourth floor. He was on the first floor. So it was just like, please don't let me run into him. So I kind of stayed cooped up and um, I wasn't with my friends as much. I didn't party. I didn't drink. I just stayed before God and I just was so desperate to know him, so desperate to know what is this thing that you promised me? What is this thing that you said I'm going to do with my life? And I just was with him. And that's where my journey really began. And one day, um, one day he, uh, even no, even in that semester, I turned 21 that next month, that February, I turned 21. And my sister and my cousin was planning me a party, like this hotel party. And I was like, you know, Lord, like after this party, I'm going to get serious. But he told me to cancel it like a week before. And I'm like, no, like I'm going to be serious after this. And he told me to cancel it. But I learned my lesson of not listening last time. All hell broke loose. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm listening. So I had to tell them, nah, we're not having a party. And everybody thought it was crazy. Like you ain't doing nothing for your birthday. No, I just went to dinner with my sister and my cousin. And that was it. And had my first legal drink, a little mixed drink, but that was it. You know what I mean? And so um, I was just trying to be obedient to God because I was so desperate to know what is this mystery, this thing that he's called me to do. Um, One day he told me to get a binder. I was watching TV 
And he told me to get a binder. And I he's like, put paper in it, dividers. And I was like, what's going in there? And it sat there for a month. And he was teaching me the process that you always have to be obedient. Sometimes God wants you to step out on things, even though it doesn't make sense. And even though you don't have all the answers. And that was the first time he taught me that. And um, a month later, he finally told me to put he gave me this download and he said, fashion lookbook. And I'm like, what is that? And I didn't know fashion was going to be one of the pillars for what church girls is today. And those next few months, Lord showed, taught me how to write down everything he tells me to say. Nothing, no, none of my thoughts, just what he wants. And that's why this hiatus that I took for a while, it was me going back to that place of what did you say? Because I can come up with good ideas. I'm a pretty innovative person. I'm a creative person. But what did you say? Because you have a reason how you did that. And so that's what he taught me. And I just was with God and he really transformed me those next few months. Um, that summer I did a blog and it got some, you know, traction. It was good. But then senior year came and I was at a fork in a rope where on one hand, God transformed me some. But on the other hand, not all the way. And so now that bubble that was around me that kind of made me kind of go by myself was kind of gone. And so now I was, it was a battle senior year. It was a battle between my purpose and my past. And so it felt like some would look at me and maybe think I was being hypocritical because one minute I may have been writing a blog. One minute I was praying and listening to sermons or reading blogs. The next minute, my friend, me and my friend, especially my one friend, yo, she would text me, be like, you out of, you done for class for today? Yeah. Or sometimes I wouldn't be and I just wouldn't go. And we started drinking three o'clock in the afternoon into that night or something. Like, that's what, it, that's, that's what life would look like. And so I um was at odds, you know, even though I wasn't with my ex anymore, I start kind of talking to him again. And, um, was like, he not technically my boyfriend and we can't get back together. Like he wanted to get back together at one point. We can't get back together because the Lord told me I can't, but we were still talking or talking and stuff. So one minute I'm praying and listening to people. Some of the, like the people you see on YouTube, like Heather Lindsay and uh, Ashley and Powers or Amanda Pittman talking about relationships saying, okay, God, I believe for this one day and praying about it and believing it. Next minute I'm with, I'm with him again. You know what I mean? Or with somebody else. And he didn't know about it. Like, it was like a battle of back and forth. So in that time, I decided not to fake it. I decided to let the course take it, like let, to allow myself to run the course of, this is just where I'm at. Some parts God got, some parts I didn't surrender yet. Some parts still had a stronghold. So one thing I just decided that if I feel, feel, feed myself more of the word and more of God than what I'm doing, eventually this part will fall off. And I said, I'm not faking it. I'm not. I'm going to stay firm. I'm going to allow God to really transform me instead of me pretending and then never allow God to transform me. And now it becomes a religious act of what I think a Christian should do versus really allow him to develop that light in me. And that's why this is so important, because I don't want you guys to fake anything. If that's where you're at, that's where you're at. The thing is, I just want you to be real with yourself of are you willing to let it go? And are you believing for that to change? And that's why it's so important to fill ourselves more with God. I'm more of a, let's do the right thing. than let's stop doing this. Stop doing that. At some point you do have to, but I mean, sometimes you're not there and it's not the end of the world. So, um, 
senior year was a battle. That's what it looked like. It looked like one day I'm doing this, next minute I'm doing the opposite. And so I finally crossed the finish line. I um, graduated that summer still, you know what I mean? Not doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, but was trying to hear more from God. God gave me more stuff. I thought I was going to launch Church Girls. He told me I have to develop you. And I was like, okay, how? He said, trust me. I moved to North Carolina. Out there, I was still kind of doing my same thing. I was dating, going out with guys to lounges or bars and stuff like that a little bit. I got promoted, moved to Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, and sometimes when you're in a place of uncomfortable, like that's uncomfortable and that's like a lot of changing and transitioning, you run back to the old thing that brought you comfort. And for me, that thing was my relationship. So we start talking again. And this time, but I had more of God this time. And let's just say some things kind of went south. So um, I went before God and said, okay, God, you know, I really want to be with him. And if you don't, want me with him, just tell me. And he already told me that, you know, years before, but I need to hear one more time. And I had a dream, this whole thing, let's talk about that in another episode. We broke up for good. And I just went on this journey. It was just me and God once again in Greensboro and he developed me even more. And it was just us by ourselves. And every day I was just feeling myself with God and he's just preparing me to launch this thing. And let's just say a year late, less than a year later, January, 2018, I launched Church Girls. In 2018, if you guys listened in the past or go to some of my old um, videos on YouTube, if I still have them up, um, by the time you watch this, I um, that was one of the worst years. And except this time, I'm doing the right thing, and it was the worst year. And it was very difficult to walk out church girls launching it. I pictured one thing, and it was the most challenging year I've ever had last year. And so I had just kind of stopped. You know, I wasn't as consistent as I should have been anyway, but in the midst of all that, I had to just stop. And that's why I kind of disappeared for a little bit because I had to recenter. Okay, God, where am I at? What's happening? Different changes in life happen. And um, what, what is the vision for this? Because I even stepped out on faith with church girls. People would consider me not having everything in place that I need to have in order to launch a business. But God told me to do it anyway. And sometimes that's what God wants us to do. But um, he revealed to me this past year of what he wants church girls to be, what he wants it to be now, what he wants it to be in the future and who it's for. I didn't even know the target audience were you guys. And so now we're here. OK, all this time later, we are here. And I wanted you guys to know my story and say this to say. It was a mess just a few years ago. I'm 25 years old. It was only two and a half years ago. I finally left that relationship. And now I'm, I'm, oh, I'm engaged, by the way. I'm engaged to the guy God brought to me. It only took two, you know what I mean? That was two and a half years ago. Um, Just a few years ago, I was graduating from college in this whole mess. Like, God, how are you going to use me? And um, now we're doing this. And now I went to some schools and I maybe. You know what I mean? I'm writing up programs and academies and all these different things and just grown so much. And so the reason why church girls, God's telling me to do church girls is because that's where he started the journey with me. And he wants to start the journey with so many of you the same, not the same way, 
but um, the way he has predestined for you. And so this, the walk that I went through in those years that are so important, he wants me to share that with you guys. He wants me to help you guys walk through those years, develop you through those years, show you that you don't, because so many people get stuck in that college mindset. They get stuck in college. They get stuck in that lifestyle. They never leave. They get stuck and not recognized and they get lost and drowned out by how one hand college is great and amazing. On the other hand, it can tear you to shreds. And then they leave college and trying to fake the either never go back to church and go back to God. I'm not just saying church because I'm going to look at those as two different entities, but never go back to God or they have or they fake it. And I want to help you guys and show you guys how to walk the, out those years and saying it's okay it's okay that you're struggling this it's okay you feel like you're drowning but I'm hoping that the same way Jonathan McReynolds came to that campus because I don't care nobody say God sent him there from Chicago to small old Delaware State University for me and it changed my life and I'm hoping that me having this podcast having this YouTube page and going to these different visiting you guys at schools I want to create something for me to come visit you guys as I already started um, doing that and have some stuff set up in the fall. But visiting you guys at these schools is that I can be that same light for you guys. I can be that same light for someone who feels like they're lost, who's drowned, who feels like they're drowning in that relationship, drowning in the party, drowning and getting high and whatever it is. And I'm hoping I can be that because I took the time out to develop my light for those years and I maintained it through those hard times and didn't let my past and the the college lifestyle or just the, you know, post-college lifestyle out, you know, drinking and stuff. I didn't let that drown out my purpose. I didn't let it drown out the light that God began to develop in me. And then when God say, okay, you, you officially walked out of that lifestyle and you've done this and you maintained it and I trust you. He let me shine it. And now I want to shine that light for you guys and teach you guys how to do the exact same things and how to get on that path of developing your light, maintaining it so that you can shine and be, Walk in what God has called you to walk in. So there's my story. That's the why behind church girls and why I'm targeting you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed our first episode on this podcast, first episode of the Church Girl Show. And next week, we're going to dive into another topic. And in a few weeks from now, I'll have somebody else come on and tell their story. And um, like I said, write in your questions, tune in, like comment, share, whatever it is. And I hope you guys, I hope, I hope, I hope this helps somebody in their journey, somebody in their, in, or either getting you started on your journey and letting you see that it, it will be okay. Like, trust me, it'll be okay. Like that, I'm sorry, it's a little net or something. That guy who's stressing you out in college, like, girl, like he got somebody for you. You know what I mean? All that drinking, like, you're going to stop eventually. You're going to, you know, you're going to slow it down and you're going to hear from God instead. So yeah, that's it. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you guys next week. And um, yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs)